it's really important to define your values, which then makes sustainability and sustainable living much easier. Of course, you have your your values and you see other people that maybe don't care, but I just don't think it's the right way to tell other people how to live their life. Like I focus rather on leading by example, inspiring those who want to change. Welcome to Wannabe Greener, the podcast promoting achievable environmental action with me, Harriet Robinson. Now, if you're listening to this, you probably care a whole lot about the natural world and are already pretty motivated to take action. But how do you inspire others to feel the same? When you try to inspire people, okay, it doesn't matter the changes that you make. You can just start simple and try your best. Always like this is my kind of main message to inspire individuals to kind of just get started, just do one thing and then just see how it goes. And you need to find that balance. Like it should be fun. Manuel Bergman is an environmentalist, blogger and founder of Coaching for Cause, an online coaching platform teaching people, organizations and businesses about topics such as zero waste, vegan nutrition and running sustainable events. I kind of created that platform to bring people, coaches, like experts into different sustainability environmental fields and charities together. We cover quite a bit. We talk about Manuel's life in Bali, where plastic pollution is a huge problem made worse by the massive amount of tourists it attracts. He gives his advice for influencing others around you to care about the planet and ways to effectively spread your message online. Well, I normally, I've did uh, previously a lot of signposts, so like written down a powerful message on a sign and then took a picture to kind of spread the message because I realized, okay, after doing some research, these signposts work very well and perform very well on Instagram and just get a lot of people to, to read and then also engage with it. We also discuss the misconceptions some of us might have about the environmental activities of other cultures and Manuel details his experience of working with charities and NGOs and how to spot any kind of environmental red lights before you start volunteering. But first up, he tells me how he ended up living where he does. First of all, thank you so much for having me on this podcast. It's uh, been a pleasure. Yeah, so about my journey to Bali, it's uh, quite a long story, but I tried to make it short and uh, sweet. So um, after uh, school, I decided to do an education as a fitness uh, instructor. So I wasn't really passionate about the environment yet or not aware. Um, But after two years, I kind of got bored and wanted to explore the world. So I started traveling. Uh, went to Iceland, Africa, and then also Bali, Indonesia. And um, there I joined a workshop uh, called the Green Educator Course at the Green School. For anyone who doesn't know what the Green School is, it's a school that teaches about environment and holistic learning and outdoor education. And the whole school is made out of bamboo. And I kind of found it interesting, this place, and I just joined that workshop. And I was so blown away by what I've learned there and just the whole environment and this community. And that was kind of the first time I really got into like sustainability and all of the problems we're facing uh, in the world. And also so firsthand in Bali, plastic pollution uh, in the ocean, on the beaches, on the streets. Because where I'm from, Germany, you don't see the trash laying just around everywhere and getting burned and so on. But there's still a lot of trash. It is just not visible. So that was kind of a, a shock. And from there, I wanted to 
changed my lifestyle. I wanted to be part of the solution, not the the problem. And um, then <laughs> to kind of come now, why I now live in Bali is like I wanted to stay there, and because I really fell in love with the place, with Bali, with the people, with just uh, the green school, and uh, I was able to do there an internship. And from there, I learned even more about the environment and all of the things, and been living there now since three years. <laughs> Wow, amazing. So the Green School is just a school set up to kind of teach people about environmental issues. Is that the only thing? It's not just a normal school? Uh, yes, so it's a, a regular school for anybody to, to go to. Like there is a big amount that you need to pay. So it's more for international people um, that they extra move to Bali to go to that so that their kids can go to that school. So the kids, they learn really what they're passionate about and skills that they really need in life. And they use nature to teach the kids and the whole school is wallless. So it's all made of bamboo and very open. It's a fascinating place. And the cool thing is, even though it's for international students and they kind of fund the school, they offer local scholarships um, to the local community in Bali. So uh, I think almost... 10 to 20% of the students are local. So that's the cool thing. Awesome. Wow, that school sounds amazing. Well, you said that, you know, in Germany, you don't really see the pollution, plastic pollution, that kind of thing as much. What is the scale of the problem in Bali? Because I've never been there. I've been to kind of Asian countries and, and sort of seen, mm. um, you know, a bit more plastic pollution than normal. But what's the, what's the issue in Bali? I think the main issue is that there are so many tourists, like not right now, but normally there is this huge amount of tourists coming in every year. I think up to 6 million tourists every year. And let's say they come from Germany or from Europe, USA, they don't think about then where the waste that they produce goes. So, for example, they go onto the beach and drink a coconut with a straw or uh, some other products and then it's not going to end up in the bin and somewhere at the recycling station, it's going to end up in the ocean. So this is kind of the, a big problem. And the tourists produce up to three times as much of waste than the local community. So this suddenly with this big tourism, and uh, Bali is like very known for that, these beautiful beaches, rice fields, volcanoes. And then mm. there's also the other side, which is that big plastic pollution problem, because there's not this infrastructure in place. I was going to say, yeah, I mean, in countries in Europe, for example, where we live, there is the infrastructure, there is recycling infrastructure, even though I'd say we're probably still not that good at it. Maybe Germany is a bit mm. better. But in Bali, it's a poor country, right? So, you yeah. know, they they want the tourists there because they need the money from the tourism. At the same time, they can't handle the issues, the kind of environmental issues that that brings. Yeah, that's that's correct, even though... Like there's also a lot of information out there that a lot of like European countries ship their waste to uh, like Asia and uh, Philippines and so mm. on. So uh, even they can't handle it. So yeah, that's also another big topic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Well, yeah. I think it's really cool that you, so you kind of went to Bali and something kind of sparked this light in you where you were like, yeah. actually, I just really want to do something for, for you know, the environment and sustainability. And yes. in turn, you ended up launching Coaching for Cause. So I'm really interested in this and how yes. it works. So you're you're basically a sustainability coach and you coach, you and a team of other people coach p 
people in sustainability. I'm not explaining it well. Maybe you should do it. <laughs> uh, no, you're doing a good job. Uh, thank you, first of all, for mentioning <laughs> it. So, yeah, yeah, I call myself kind of like sustainability coach, but I'm not really coaching so much anymore. I let other people do it, basically. Uh, like, I, I kind of created that platform to bring people, coaches, like experts into different sustainability, environmental fields and charities together. So it's really like a community platform where everyone can learn uh, from each other. And we offer like these one-on-one -on -one coaching sessions, but also we have a membership where we um, do like weekly webinars and panel discussions about different topics and um, like-minded people can meet up. And it's it's been a lot of fun. And another cool thing is that we give back to charities. So a percentage of the profit we donate to, to a cause with different charities we are collaborating. So, for example, if somebody had a business and they wanted to be a bit more kind of environmentally friendly in the business, would they come to you for a bit of help? I'm just working out exactly how it works. Yes. So for mostly we have been focusing on individuals. So helping individual individuals to make that change and transition to a more sustainable lifestyle. But for 2021, we also want to focus more on the business uh, side of it, because there you can also create a big uh, mm. change right yeah so why did you set this up i mean a lot of people will think well i've got my own individual sustainability goals and that's what i'm going to focus on but you obviously have mm. bigger wider goals that you want to reach yeah. yeah so it's like this whole platform is not about myself like as i mentioned i'm not really coaching anymore like i still do, do coachings but it's not my main priority it's more like i want to train mm. coaches or like give the coaches the possibility to also earn a living by what they're doing and help them to to be a good coach like I kind of started with this like with being a fitness coach then I did an like workshop or got an education um, as a mental coach and got all of these topics so I was very passionate about this whole coaching aspect because you can really transform a person's life and also have a big impact on on the planet at the same time and during my travels, I volunteered at a lot of different charity organizations, but I always struggled to support them continuously with uh, funding. So I did a few fundraising campaigns while I was there to help them. But then afterwards, when I left, I was like, okay, how can I support all of these organizations at the same time? So I kind of brought the coaching and the charity aspect together. And now Coaching for Cause allows me to, to help a bigger amount of people with the different coaches that are part of the team and also the charities with sustainable funding. Cool. That's great. You're definitely a lot younger than me, so well <laughs> done for setting that up. I think that's really cool. And the reason I wanted to oh, speak to you, you <laughs> was this episode, I guess I wanted to talk about kind of how to inspire sustainability or how to kind of spread the message of awareness and sustainability, which is something that you're doing really well. But I think a lot of people mm. don't really Thank kind you. of engage in in these issues in the environment in sustainability why do you think that is i think the main thing is like they don't want to get started because they feel like once they start they need to do be aware of so many things and they uh, can't do this anymore uh, or that so i think that's the main reason it's holding people's back because they're afraid they have to give up so much or change so much and they think they can't reach or be perfect into sustainability so they don't even start because it's just easier to be in kind of in your comfort zone i feel like so i think 
when you can try to inspire people okay it doesn't matter the changes that you make you can just start simple and try your best like to get that message across and i've tried this with so many posts and always like this is my kind of main message message to inspire individuals to kind of just get started just do one thing and then just see how it goes and you need to find that balance like it should be fun mm, yeah it's not about and i've talked about this a lot on other episodes is personally i agree with you i don't think it's about being perfect you know the perfect environmentalist if you can do that fine mm. but most people who have a family who have I a full-time no job who yeah, yeah i mean is it yeah i don't think it is possible i actually but yeah it's not possible and i think social media sometimes we follow these kind of instagram uh influencers yeah. who seem like they collect all their rubbish in one jar per year and everything yeah. looks beautiful no in way. their home and they have electric <laughs> cars well we can't all aspire to that and i don't even know if that's real yeah it comes like especially like this year there was a quite a change in the sustainability or climate activism with this whole movement with privilege and black lives matter it's like the yeah, like I love the intersectional environmentalist, the platform that just advocates, okay, like for Western people, it's easy to live or to buy all of these sustainable products and fancy. But for example, in Asia and in Indonesia, they have been living for decades or centuries, like sustainable until the Western world came in and flooded the market. So I think that's important to, to understand that these communities have been living for so long with natural packaging, like in Bali, they have these banana leaves and they wrap things up and that's that's so mm. awesome mm. yeah we we talked a little bit about social media there how important do you think it is as a tool for influencing sustainability do you think it is a positive do you think it has negatives i think it always has positive and negative effect mm -hmm. um but i focus really on the positive like there's so much great potential for for positive change there and it's just crazy to me the amount of people you can reach on social media and then actually that they can change their lifestyle or inspire them to to act on the environment or to to go out there and, and create positive changes or projects yeah it's it's fascinating to me i really love using social media as a good tool to raise awareness yeah i mean i love it and i think that you know we wouldn't have met without it and it's a great way to spread the message yeah. i do think also like you said it can be negative and it can spread the wrong message as well at the same time yeah like comparison and uh, also this uh, very big like this guilt trap of being like okay i've used no plastic i need to feel bad about it or i've done that wrong um yeah you shouldn't make push yourself down for we're not being like perfect um i think that's very important um it's kind of unlearning and relearning things yeah yeah definitely how do you use social media i mean we can all go and follow you on instagram we of course will after this but how do you use social media to inspire people what's your kind of what kind of posts or what what's your kind of message that you like to push through so uh like on my personal profile i normally i did uh, previously uh, a lot of sign posts so like written down a powerful message on a sign and then took a picture to kind of spread the message because i realized okay after doing some research these sign posts work very well and perform very well on instagram and just get a lot of people to to read and then also engage with it and, and i've even done some community signs where 
you have different people involved and everyone holds a sign with one word and then it gets together like a quote. So I've been doing that a lot, but I also I love creating videos. So I've done in the past a lot of videos for charities on environmental issues as well and trying to to share share that video can be even can even get more into detail and show more of the story. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. How do you tread that line between kind of lecturing people and making people feel guilty and just spreading the message? I'm not saying you do that at all, but I mean, as somebody that wants yeah. to kind of inspire and, and spread a message, how do you do that without kind of being patronizing or making people feel guilty? Sure. Mm, great question. Thank you. Uh, I actually always say to that question, like I lead by example. And I think it sounds so simple, but it's, yeah, we need the change. We need to to do something we need to act on uh, on climate change and all of these things but on an individual perspective i think leading by example is the way to go not telling people what to do because they will they don't want to change um, mm. if you say okay you can't eat meat anymore or why do you fly or you need to do good good things for the environment i think on an individual perspective it's definitely leading by example on like a business government there it's really like putting pressure on these business and government who are in charge to hold them accountable and act on climate change. So I think it depends on who are you talking to for individuals, definitely um, yeah. leading by example. Yeah. Yeah. And I think yeah. people are coming, becoming, like you said, with Black Lives Matter and other kind of movements this year, people are a bit more aware of how to speak to mm. each other and how to approach different people and, even just yes. how to word things and think about who you're speaking to before you just go and kind of call somebody up on something, I guess. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Obviously, you are really passionate about sustainability and you know a lot about it, but you're in Bali and like you said, you can kind of see the issues in front of you. So do you think it's easier for people like you because you're kind of in the thick of it, if you know what I mean? There's, there's a lot of people who are just kind of, got their families and their kids yeah. and drive into work every day and and kind of don't have the you know the time or it's not mm. right in front of them yeah yeah i would say it's definitely uh like traveling or going to these places it's definitely an eye-opener but i think it's not necessary i feel like if i would have been showing or sometimes got across a documentary that also shows these kind of things um or a friend uh kind of inspires me or somehow get involved into these things it's definitely possible and as eye-opening as well as being there mm. um, I think you just need that kind of first connection if, if it's a documentary I've known a lot of friends who they, they watch a documentary and they changed their total lifestyle because they were so shocked or so yeah. surprised and through their mind that they wanted to change so I think it doesn't have to be always like being there and seeing it for your own eyes I think it's still the most effective and powerful but like documentary is a great way or like social media if you see those things and document it other people can get inspired too mm, yeah uh this is kind of a bit of a wide question but sure no worries. how do we get others to be as passionate about sustainability as you i mean your family your friends what if you live with somebody mm. and your partner's just not you know recycling or not caring about the environment as much as you what can you do about that maybe a lot of people don't like this answer or it's like it comes down to the same answer like leading by example like 
I don't want to force anyone and I want to focus on the people who want to change. It's, it's, it's a difficult question because, of course, you have your, your values and you see other people that maybe don't care. But I just don't think it's the right way to tell other people how to live their life. Like I focus rather on leading by example, inspiring those who want to change and then focusing on like getting businesses, putting pressure on those um, where you can even create a bigger impact. Do you think that sustainability has a bit of a wave effect anyway? You know, the more people see somebody doing something good, whether that's at their workplace or yes. just a friend, do you think that that kind of encourages them to, to do the same thing? Exactly. And it can start a conversation. So if you're acting on these sustainability values and then people see that or you're using a reusable item, uh, your friend's going to ask you about it. And then you can talk and share why you're, you're doing it, but you don't always need to hold it into their face if you don't <laughs> yeah that's kind of my thoughts on it <laughs> shouting at them when they put things in the wrong bin what are you doing yeah like, ah, um, exactly <laughs> well it can be really tough though like you know if your loved ones don't understand your passion for the environment i mean what do your mm. family or friends think about what you're doing at the moment yeah so my family at first like they didn't i think they didn't more understand like what i'm doing like on a, a journey wise so like okay because I just went to Bali without a plan. So that was more the issue than, okay, what I'm doing now with the environment. They love like kind of me doing good things and being passionate about these things. But it was very scary for them when I just decided, okay, I'm going to live in Bali now without a plan, really, just like, spontaneously. I think that was uh, <laughs> another <laughs> thing. Um, but uh, coming back to the question, like what my friends think or my family, I think they, they most of them accept it. And, uh, and also get inspired by by the things that I do. I also have some some people who just don't understand what I'm doing. So some friends from high school, high school, for example, when I pick up trash or things like that, and they see me on Instagram and they they just talk very badly about it. But that's okay too. Like you always, when you get to a certain point, you get to, mm. get to hate. Like you have haters and so on, or people just don't understand. And I don't have a uh, problem with that um, but most of my uh, family and friends uh, like they accept what I do they might not uh, follow the things that I do but it's totally fine like uh, I think it's more about yeah, accepting and just letting people do their things that they want to do and then supporting them um, no matter if you might not 100% agree with it but I think that's what the true friend is and yeah family should do yeah yeah definitely <laughs> Well, okay, so if somebody is listening and they're like, I want to start kind of raising awareness of environmental issues like you do, um, you know, spreading the word about sustainability, where do you think the sure. best place is to start? Have you got any tips? I think it's finding out what your best skill is in spreading the message. So, for example, there's podcasts, right, like audio form. There's uh, If you are uh, very good in videos, you can use video or if you're good photographer or like like taking pictures that's the way to go or if you're passionate about writing a blog so really finding out like what's uh the best way for you to communicate for me it's like true visual stories like pictures and videos like i'm not the, the best uh, writer so i'm not going with <laughs> uh, writing a blog so i think it's the most important thing is first okay fine to find out what are you good at and which ways to communicate it can be multiple ways, but it can also be uh, just podcasting and can really be focused on that and growing that and 
raising awareness to your podcast. So yeah, it can be YouTube, podcast, uh, social media. You can combine those things, but to really find out like what's the best way for you to communicate. Mm. Yeah, good advice. You you kind of got all the elements to communicate because you've got a uh, YouTube, you've got your coaching, you've got Instagram. Yeah. Facebook. Yeah, I also have people helping me. <laughs> so it's not only me doing all of these things. So that that's an advantage. Like later on, if you get some people then to help you write some content or to get involved with a podcast or um, yeah, like at the beginning, it's it kind of need to start on your own, but then you have more possibilities. I just wondered, you know, we spoke about kind of a little bit about the privilege of you know that I guess you and I would have for example of being able to live sustainably sure. I guess do you feel that that is a kind of responsibility that that people with the privilege should take on for example you know Bali is a poor country with a few resources it's quite difficult for people to there mm. to take on the responsibility of then also looking after the environment do you think that responsibility should fall with people who have more money or more opportunities to be able to do something about it mm, yes and no i feel like so for example like when i first came to bali and i learned about all of these things i kind of thought okay i need now to educate people how to live more sustainably there on the island and that's kind of i think the mm. wrong approach when you come from like a privileged background and you and you fly to bali or fly to a country and then you tell people how to be more environmental friendly it doesn't make any sense as these like countries they use so less resources than we do in in Europe right so i think we should encourage or um what's the what's the best way to to say this or i can maybe share what i have planned and it's better to understand what what from my perspective what we should instead than mm -hmm. teaching them like i want to also in Bali create um, events and showcase sustainable solutions for communities. So invite different uh, charity organizations and then they can showcase, okay, this is, uh, we have a water filter where you don't need to uh, boil or buy water anymore. And you can get that like for this amount of price or even sponsor that and last for three years um, to, to kind of to showcase more, okay, these are options available for, for them to save money like to be financially sustainably and then also socially and environmentally i think to be more mm. in the back end not not the, the the face of yeah trying to change the situation if that makes sense yeah 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 and i guess you know i think sometimes people look to countries in asia and say why should we be using reusable cups when there's so much plastic and waste and they don't care about it in these countries which mm. obviously they do care about it yeah. but it doesn't mean that we still shouldn't do our bit because actually we probably create more waste and are much worse for the environment anyway than the, than other countries y yes like especially like i feel like like in the western world we should be much more responsible on the resources that we use like to be conscious of what we really need we don't need to have always the newest things and to to not throw away when something is broken, but maybe to repair it first. Um, all of these these small things. Mm, yeah. In terms of inspiring others, you can inspire your peers and people you know. With you, you've kind of gone a little bit further. I mean, if somebody wants to approach a local government or a, an NGO or somebody with a bit of 
power, I guess, to make a change. How do you go about approaching them? Is it simple enough to just kind of email them? Because I think some people would be a bit intimidated by taking that next step. Sure. So I can, like, I haven't worked together with uh, government or something before, so I can't share my experience there. But with uh, charity organizations, what I normally do is just send them a message and be like, okay, I would love to get involved or help you on your mission. What can I do to help or can I offer my skills? I would love, love to have your organization be part of Coaching for Cause. I've done also a lot of videos for charities to help them with fundraising. And normally they are very happy to get you involved. I think for, for charities, if you want to get involved into that field, it's very important to to share, okay, what skills that you have and how you can best provide value and how they can provide value for you like if you are if we are talking about volunteering for the government so I, like i've volunteered or been like the team manager before i started my own company coaching for cause for bye plastic bags there is an ngo in in bali who fight against plastic pollution i've done that after uh, my internship at queen school and uh, they worked together a lot with the government in bali and they were one of the main reasons bali then I decided to ban plastic bags and uh, yeah, I got a lot of inspired mm-hmm. by them and what they for example to get the attention of the government they did something very extreme I think they did like a hunger strike okay they said they were like 12 and 13 years old and they decided okay I'm gonna not eat wow. for the next few days and then the police came and something and then they were able to meet with the governor of Bali so like sometimes it takes kind of these crazy ideas mm-hmm. to get someone to listen um, that's what I can share with uh, government um, so far. Um, I haven't been getting involved into that, but I would love to maybe in the future. Would you say that volunteering is a good way to learn a bit more and, and kind of educate yourself on, on what's happening within a certain country or region? Yes, definitely. If it's the right, uh, if it's a responsible organization, like there's a lot of organizations, especially in the conservation field, uh, that are pretending to good, do good work, but they are actually not. Like if you can, as a volunteer, pet like wild animals, it's definitely not the right way, uh, the right organizations. Uh, it's very important to be conscious of mm. if you volunteer, okay, what skill do I have that I can bring to the organization, not just volunteer. And you need to kind of provide value uh, that you can also then learn more. And then to really look, okay, is that a responsible organization and do, are they really doing good or are they just pretending? Yeah. Yeah. That's something that you can really get caught out on, I think, with yeah, organizations, with loads of stuff in terms of uh, environmental kind of issues. There's a kind of greenwashing and you just mm. see something and you think it's good and you go with them and then realize actually, like you said, they're kind of taking advantage of animals or just not actually that good for the environment or for, for nature. So you kind of have to do yes. your research. Yeah, definitely. And to look out for these red flags. <laughs> what What would you say are red flags? Is there anything really obvious that you, if you see that, you're like, oh, no? Uh, uh, sure. Like, for example, what I mentioned, like, uh, if you're allowed to touch animals or, yeah, if you can get very close to them in that field or, yeah, there there are many of these these flags out there. Or like, how do they spend their money? Like, it's hard to know then from the charity organizations. Mm-hmm. It's just, I think, uh, as a volunteer, you need to ask a lot of questions mm-hmm. before you decide then to volunteer. Okay, what's gonna be my task? Gonna be 
what experience can I get in, in return that the, there is this kind of exchange that you also learn something and not just do like uh, daily work? Like how can you create an impact in that organization? And I think that should be the main main question. And then to look out for, depending on which organization you go and into which field also. Like I've done some of these mistakes. Like I went to Nairobi without a lot of skills let's say and okay i'm gonna teach at a school english but uh, i'm not an english teacher and uh yeah this happens a lot and i think it's difficult to answer but i think um yeah to just look out for these things and to really only volunteer if you can bring value and yeah mm. yeah that's that's really good advice actually just really properly kind of do your research into what you're getting involved in. And mm. I think it's important because I think if you want to raise awareness and if you want to inspire other people, you need to have the knowledge, the experience. Well, it's good to have the knowledge and the experience of of what's happening around the world. And if you can get that bit of extra experience in an organisation, then it's, it's only going to help you be able to kind of spread yeah. the message a bit further, really. Yes. And for example, now with uh, COVID-19, it's difficult to volunteer. But what you can do is volunteer online so um, a lot of charity organizations still require help even if it's just like sharing their their posts or uh, helping them offering your skills if you have skills in social media or other things that you can do online to offer uh, maybe two hours uh, five hours a week and to volunteer for organization like it's even possible now you don't need to be on the ground um, basically Oh, good point. Mentioning COVID-19, actually, I mean, how do you think that's affecting the kind of fight for sustainability from in Bali, for example? How is that affecting the systems there in terms of plastic pollution or any other problems there? I mean, in a way, it must be a positive that there's less people there. Yeah, I think actually it's quite a lot of negative effects, like on the people, let's per se, not, not on the environment, yeah. but from the people. So many people have lost their jobs, 80% because so many tourists come every year. Yeah. Everyone, every job is kind of involved in tourism. So yeah, there's a big problem now that the, the loss of people's jobs and um, people not having enough to eat and drink and to feed their families. Um, and it's been going on since eight months and P Bali is still not open for, for tourism. And uh, that creates a big issue. But uh, gladly, there are some organizations that are helping. But uh, in Bali, there's been a shift from, okay, these people have been working in tourism, but they're actually going back to their previous jobs or old jobs, which were like or like planting rice, growing seaweed, and earning a living from what they've been doing before tourism. So it's quite interesting to to see that aspect from an environmental side it's great like it's kind of like nature is recovering of course and not so many people not so much pollution but yeah like it's very hard for the people on the island the local communities yeah you just reminded me i saw a news report of that actually and i remember it saying that it's not it's not great just because of some of the historical issues between the differences between men and women and uh, where they can work and how much they might get paid and stuff that is actually bringing about a huge amount of inequality uh, yes. in the country so even though the land and, and nature might be having a bit of a break the people are really not at the moment so that's another part of sustainability to remember that it's not just about nature and animals it's also about human beings being able to sustain yeah. their lives too it's all connected like that's what i find sustainability is like these three 
pillars, you know, economically, social, and then the environment. Like you need all aspects, not just the environment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You've got a new ebook out at the moment, and oh, yeah. it saves a kilo of waste from the ocean with each purchase. This is pretty yes, cool. Tell us that's more. Correct. Yeah. So as all products, like on coaching for cost, we try uh, to educate people or uh, like inspire people and give resources to learn more about sustainability and then also have an impact on on the planet so with that new ebook yeah people can learn more about zero waste living and also the bigger picture behind it like bigger picture of plastic pollution not just the sustainable swaps but what is actually uh, behind all of uh, this also a lot of things that we've talked today about and uh, with that purchase we collaborate with two ngos in, in indonesia they help then to remove one kilo of plastic per purchase. So that's quite, quite cool. So you have a positive impact on the environment at the same time. <laughs> that's really cool. Yes. I just wanted to ask, and I didn't tell you I'm asking this, so maybe it'll be a bit on the spot, but sure. you inspire other people to be sustainable. You coach other people. So you're obviously pretty good at sustainability yourself. So what would be your kind of top environmental tips for, as an individual um, i think the main tip for me which makes everything easier is to write down really your values so what is most important to you like if it's most important to you to not hurt animals or to not eat meat and to to be vegan then this should be your priority or um, for example if i share my values it's like health and uh, like to do good for the environment and no plastic but i would choose health over plastic for example mm. so it's really important to define your values which then makes sustainability and sustainable living uh, much more easier because you build these habits and it's, you don't need to think very much ab about it anymore or when you go into the, the supermarket and you're like okay not using plastic is now more important than then I can have this yeah, quick drink or this chocolate um, because I don't want to use plastic. I, I, I don't want to be part of the problem. I don't want to hurt the environment. And so it's more important to switch then to another alternative than to just have that quick snack, uh, let's say. So I think defining your values, what's really important to you, uh, makes everything so much easier. Mm, it stops the guilt. Yeah, it stops the guilt because you know what you live by and um, like I'm not perfect I, I make mistakes but I live by my values that's the main main thing I do and uh, these values include to to be healthy to do good for the environment for people and that's where my actions align it's not always 100% correct but as mentioned I'm trying my best and that's what everyone can can do I think that would be my main advice because it's just more it's much makes everything easier. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I agree. That's a great answer. And mm. I'm happy that that's kind of similar to the answer of a lot of people I speak to at the moment. I feel like the kind of landscape, the message is changing from you must do this, you mustn't do that mm. to actually make your own decisions and just stick to them. Yeah. And just do what's important to you and do your yeah. best. Exactly. And yeah, I yeah, I really agree with that message. I think, yeah, awesome. definitely. <laughs> So thank you so much. This has been a really great conversation. Yeah. Um, how can we find out a little bit more about you and what you do? Where should we? Sure. What should we yeah. click on? Where should we follow you? Thank you for, for having me. It's, I loved all of these questions and it was really great uh, 
input. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, so where people can find me is just on social media at Manuel Bergmann or at uh, Coach of a Courses Project. I think you can just link down uh, the accounts in the show notes, right? And maybe also the, the website Coaching for Course when you want to get involved or learn more or get yourself a yeah. copy of the, the ebook. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, we'll go and check that out. Thank you. And in terms of future plans, you have you got any future goals? I know it's a difficult thing to ask people in the current climate, but um, what what are your? No, I have. <laughs> We're starting actually a fundraising campaign to kind of uh, bring the platform coaching for course to the next level. Like it's a business fundraiser, like a coach for course uh, for anyone who might uh, wonder. It's like a social enterprise. So we are not uh, a charity, but we are giving back a lot. And we, like our main priority is still the environment. So we're doing like a fundraising campaign to kind of, we're doing this, the membership, uh, bring that to the next level and to set up that also in Indonesia, a social enterprise to create these events that I've been talking previously about to showcase sustainable or environmental solutions to local communities. Yeah, so that's really the goal to do work on the ground as well in Indonesia. Awesome. That's great. You're, yeah. you're really like, you know, making stuff happen. Yeah. I think it's really great. I love, so... I love getting stuff done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's nice. It's satisfying. Yeah. Cool. Uh, Manuel, thank you so much. Thank you for giving me the platform and thank everyone for, for listening. And it would be great to connect. Like if this resonated with you, can also just send me a message uh, on Instagram and uh, would love to connect. It's always great to connect with like-minded people. Massive thanks to the awesome Manuel Bergman. He's just shouted out all the places that you can catch him. So uh, if you missed that, you can find them in the show notes for this episode. I'll give him a shout out later on as well. Just a quick recap, as always, of the main points that were covered in the conversation by our guest. So Manuel says, the best way to inspire others is to lead by example rather than telling others what they're doing wrong. If you want to start spreading a particular message, work out where your skills lie and interests as well, whether that's videos, podcasts, blogs, and run with that. But first, make sure that you define your values and write them down. Know what you will or you won't stand for. Research what works well online and notice trends from your own posts. Manuel was mentioning, um, you know, when he does Instagram posts with messages written as signposts being held up, that really uh, works well for him. And social media is a great tool to spread awareness. So yeah, utilize it. Don't worry about what this think. If you have a passion, run with it. I mean, you might make a huge difference and inspire others to change their way of thinking, even if they don't agree with you at first. There are options such as coaching to get yourself or your colleagues or your staff clued up on environmental issues. Of course, Coaching for Cause is going to be the one that we recommend at coachingforcause.com. But there's lots of kind of resources like that if you want to get, you know, a little bit more educated, a little bit more trained in sustainability. Um, remember that you don't have to be perfect to be sustainable or to be an inspirational kind of sustainable person. Start small and remind others it's just about this too and about doing what you can. One thing Manuel said as well is that all cultures are different. So the ones that we might think are very polluting or wasteful are probably actually a lot more sustainable than you think. And it's often tourists who are actually causing the biggest problems. We also talked a little bit about volunteering and just looking out for those red lights, whether that's the way they treat animals or otherwise. Just make sure you research them and work out what you can kind of both get out of the situation. 
Once again, big thanks to Manuel Bergman. You can find him on Instagram at Manuel Bergman, easy to find, and at Coaching for Cause too. And of course, check out the website coachingforcause.com. All of the links can be found in the show notes. Next time, we'll be meeting Anna Lund, the founder of the blog No More Plastic Fantastic. She'll be talking all about how we can become litter-picking heroes like her and the benefits it brings, not just to the environment, but to ourselves too litter picking might not sound exciting but honestly Anna makes it sound really exciting definitely worth a listen that one you can find out more from me on Instagram of course at wannabe.greener please do pop over and say hi and I'd love if you can rate and review this episode too always helpful and thank you for listening 